What's up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown podcast edition. This is episode 65. This is the December 2021 recap edition slash 2022 projection edition. Uh, and we are sitting down this morning with the full team. We have the full gang for the first time in a little while. Uh, I guess we'll go my right to left. We have a Latin American operations manager, Javier Fernandez, VP of sales and marketing, AJ Petrarca. TCC President Rob Roach and Inside Sales Manager Nicole Greenberg. Hey guys. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. There's too many people here I don't know who to look at. It's a nice change of pace here. How you guys all doing? Doing all right. Fantastic. Good. How about you, Benny? You sound extremely excited over there, Javi. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> you always have so much pep in your stuff till we get to the podcast room and then it's just like doom, like doom and gloom. But no, it's uh, it's late December. We're actually right in Christmas week, depending when this episode actually comes out. It might be just before, just after Christmas. Um, but we're wrapping the year up. It doesn't feel like December since it's not that cold and raining outside. I'd like it to be mm. snowing, but mm. it is uh, it is Christmas. Yeah, if it's going to be winter, it might as well snow. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Give them something to look at, maybe hit the slopes and yeah. you yeah, know, not just be stuck inside. Rain on Christmas isn't, isn't the same. Nope. That's and that's what they're sure. expecting, I guess, Saturday. Is it going to rain? It's going to rain. Stinks. Snow Friday, so we'll let maybe have a Christmas Eve, a white Christmas Eve. It's better than nothing. Yeah, we'll take it. That'll be nice. Yeah, we'll take it. Be nice if it was sunny and seventy after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is uh, so. This is episode sixty-five, and rather than our standard kind of episode format, we've kind of thrown that out for this one. We're doing our, I guess, first ever sort of twenty twenty-one recap, and then twenty twenty-two projection episode. Uh, we're all going to pull out our crystal balls and make bold projections for what's to come next year as best as anybody else can, I suppose. Uh, we'll have uh, the logistics company on to do a freight section here later on in the episode. Um, but jumping right into it, we kind of went back and looked over some of the prior recordings. It's been nice having the notes from uh, throughout the year from the different episodes we did in 2021, seeing what the common topics were, the timelines of different things starting and coming out. Um, one of the early ones we were talking about uh, back in February, which was a, something that big, uh, that impacted a lot of products AJ's looking at, is the non-renewal of the China tariffs. So we had, uh, or the renewal of the China tariffs, the non-renewal of the exclusions. Uh, we obviously have our big product, Dysign Diamide, that primarily comes out of China. And we were hoping those exclusions would get renewed. That wasn't the case. And obviously something that still has remained throughout this year. Yeah, that's still, still in place. And uh, I know that folks are submitting uh, new requests for exclusions, but I haven't heard any talk, uh, you know, on actual policy being changed or anything, anything like that. So, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And so obviously the tariffs are still here. We're kind of hearing that the tariffs aren't going to go away anytime soon. They're not really in, I guess, the Biden administration's plans to get rid of. So we'll see what happens with China coming, uh, coming into next year, but obviously something that we're continuing to deal with and obviously still buying a lot of material from China. I think a lot of people in the U.S. are and just kind of dealing with the price increases, unfortunately. Yeah, the tariffs continue. I mean, it's, you know, they've actually been back burner a little bit because there's been more issues coming out of China. I mean, that's 25% is a significant amount to pay uh, for anything imported from China. But when you factor in, I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves, but, you know, $20,000, $25,000 freight rates from China, yep. now you're really starting to see uh, uh, impacts. You know, it's a, I guess things can always get worse. Yeah, and has it played a big role in your business, Javi, obviously, because a lot of that material that would have come to the U.S. is now not price competitive in the States, so you're seeing it, I'm sure, a lot more yeah, in Mexico and Latin America. It's going to other places, for sure. So instead of coming to the U.S., the U.S. is not a good market anymore. It's not competitive uh, for obvious reasons, so it has to find other homes. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's finding homes south of, south of the border. 
So that was a new competitive situation you were dealing with at the beginning half of this year, and I'm sure still are dealing with this. Yeah, for sure. So we see that inaculates, for example, we see that a lot. More, more, more coming from China than yes. historical. Historical, yeah, yeah. Before it was coming to the U.S., but now with the tariffs, that was going South America, India, Turkey, other places. Yeah. Um, the logistics obviously continues to be a, a big question mark. We had notes from, really, probably from all the episodes, but I know it was a big topic back in February as well as in our June episode, um, talking about the port delays, historic backups at the port of Long Beach. I think it was worse back in june i think june was like the historical i forget what the number was but the historical number of vessels sitting off the coast of of long beach i think it's since still is pretty bad but has come down a little bit or starting to improve a little bit um but something that we were seeing back in june though some of those historic backups and and, severe delays on any material coming into the ports it's it's I think there was quite a bit of hysteria about that and maybe people prepared for it. I mean, like we came into Christmas and they were expecting to be shortages and uh, inavailability and we didn't really have as much of that, probably just because of the hysteria surrounding that. But the, uh, you know, there's there's been some logistics solutions to keep things moving, um, but there's still, I mean, you go to any store and you still see empty shelves and even in the chemical industry, we still are a lot of products that are extremely tight, uh, inavailable. You know, it seems to change the flavor every week. Trimethylpropene last week, you know, before that it was acrylate. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's still a broken supply situation that was started decades ago with our dependence on China uh, for a lot of things chemical and, uh, and no investment worldwide outside of China. So I think uh, we're going to be suffering that for, for years to come. And when a lot of production went out in the U.S. and it was difficult to get domestic material, we obviously pivoted between Javi and Nicole's contacts for bringing in import material. Obviously, Nicole, you were dealing with a lot of the packaged plasticizers and things like that, and a significant number of those came in via imports over the summertime. Um, yep. So you saw, obviously, firsthand what some of those port delays can, can be like and getting yelled at by customers with why their <laughs> packouts aren't done. And, uh, yeah. Obviously, something you were very aware of over the summertime. Most definitely. But you know what? I think we definitely worked through it. And, you know, we're in a much better place now. So, um, yeah, we're definitely not seeing the the delays, especially in terms of logistics, you know, shipping, uh, uh getting a bulk truck versus uh, totes uh, or drive-in is, you know, it's a lot easier to get a drive-in shipment. So that's also was to our benefit because, you know, customers were able to get material um, that was packaged or whatnot and, you know, to stay up and running. So yeah. And then packaging got tight. You couldn't yeah. get totes and drums. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, we, we had to, a lot of different moving parts to plan. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think we did a pretty good job and we'll continue to do that throughout 2022. Yeah, I remember when you started – I think you were having those meetings and our logistics guys were like, oh yeah, we're going to order, you know, 100 totes, 150 totes. And you're like, wait, hold on, pump the brakes a little bit. That's, you know, that's a lot of empty totes, but it worked out well because, you know, with how tight they got and all the delays, even just getting the empty totes inbound, it was it was good to have all those empty totes there. Well, and you don't realize too, it's, it's a very geographic business. So it doesn't logistically make sense to ship empty totes from say, you know, a contact in Pennsylvania uh, to a repack facility in Chicago. They're scattered out throughout the U.S. So, you know, it needs to work on all levels. Um, And that, I think, is one of the challenges that a lot, especially in the Midwest, uh, that they're facing is the shortage of empty totes and drums specifically right now. So, yeah, yeah, our our logistics folks put us in a pretty good position. So cheers to them for that. Could be a whole other episode in itself, I guess, is the shortage of packaging. And that's that's something I think we're hearing a lot lot more and more about. But maybe that's a topic for an episode to come, I suppose. (laughs) 
I think we'd obviously make a big oversight if we didn't obviously mention the COVID impact specifically um, changed throughout the year. Back in the spring, we started seeing the vaccines become publicly available. So and over the summertime, when I think it was our May episode, we talked about the pent up demand to get out, to travel, to go to the beach, to do stuff like that. Um, durable goods were, were much more uh, popular coming kind of that summertime, which then impacted obviously the freight side of things with not being able to get actual product in from China and the rest of the world. Um, we saw that massive uptick in the Indian COVID cases back in May as well, which made a lot of people nervous with the high population in India and obviously some of the raw materials coming out of India. But, um, you know, COVID was certainly a, a massive topic on a lot of different fronts um, throughout 2021. For Absolutely. A lot of, a lot yeah, of it was, uh, it still is. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was, as yeah. we sit here today, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be a COVID Christmas. You know, they're, they're, the, the Omicron variant is now... Uh, we're seeing, you know, uh, shutdown of large sporting events and shows and NFL and, um, you know, hockey, hockey being impacted and, you know, sports being impacted. And, you know, people are still getting uh, sick despite the vaccine. So, you know, I think that that's going to be another major topic, I think, in 2022, unfortunately. Um, but uh, it's, uh, I think, uh, thinking back to summer, I think for me, the biggest impact was, services you know services i mean anytime you went anywhere whether it was a you know go to get a cup of coffee or you go to um a restaurant that a lot of times the service was horrible or the lines were really long because people were just out and about they weren't going to work they were working from home so they were out out and about doing things buying things getting you know out of their uh covid prison yeah. you know in a lot of cases and out celebrating so uh but yeah and, and with that came lack of durable goods you know so it was kind of uh, it was a double-edged sword. The, um, you know, we were talking about before. We were talking about the, uh, the you know, the summer and and how things were in such tight supply. It was because of of, of the winter storm, Yuri. I mean, it was domestically the, that caused such massive impacts yeah. on the on the, especially on the the petrochemical industry. It was uh, it was a hot rush for us to get you know thank God with Javi's and Nicole's contacts to get as much goods moving our way as possible to keep things moving you know i think that uh our global contacts were exemplary you know and they and thank god for those two to, that made those uh, positions and changes and and we're able to keep our customers supplied yeah well i don't think anybody expected that we'd talk about that winter storm for as long as we did and i think even right. we really <laughs> talked about it right up until the last couple months um i know it impacted a lot of products and production around the gulf i know glycol is something that you manage aj was a big concern for a lot of people with a lot of glycol production coming out of that region so it was interesting and i think surprising all around that we talked about it for as long as we did yeah i mean a lot of products haven't really corrected themselves since that happened you know glycols are still problematic like um somebody declared fm on pg this week um I, you know it's obviously not related to the to the storm itself but i think it's you know folks running their plant a lot longer than they should and delaying yep. maintenance potentially um you know so yeah we're still seeing you know issues from you know from the from the storm um you know hopefully <laughs> we can get caught up yeah. um you know sometime in q1 and get back to some normalcy on some things yeah it's something we talked about a little bit uh, one of the fall episodes was it seems like the last couple of years we've had these historic all-time bad hurricanes and storms but at some point they can't be historic storms when every single year we're having one of these or two of these so I, we're, I guess at the point where maybe call it global warming whatever you want to call it but it seems like these hurricanes and storms are just more and more normal unfortunately something you got to plan ahead and, and deal with 
Yeah, fires, storms, wildfires. hurricanes, wildfires, yeah. uh, you know, uh, extreme cold, extreme hot. You know, last week was extreme hot in the Midwest with super winds that they've never seen before. So, yeah, it is. You're right. It's becoming the norm, um, and it'll certainly have further impacts in the future. Yeah. Um, looking back to some of our early episodes and going back to look at some price updates, um, kind of track three of the major raw materials that we focus on, uh, benzene, crude here in the States, and then the stock market in the form of the Dow um, indices. So all of the above higher. Uh, benzene back in February is about 238 a gallon. Today it's sitting about 328 a gallon. So that's backward. Two, 238 in February, 328 uh, for December. Uh, so up just about a dollar. Crude oil was 56.50 in February, up to 72.25 here in December. Stock market 31,100 in February and 35,810 now. So, all of those up, um, whether they're correlated or not. You know, we've seen increases in all of those, obviously, which have in- led to price increases and, and things just being more expensive overall. Which I think we're starting to see in some of these inflation numbers and whatnot. It's it's all very evident, I think, in those numbers with seeing how everything's jumped up over the course of the year. Yeah, I mean, they talk about inflation of single-digit percentage. I mean, in our industry, it's certainly not that. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. it's it's double or at least triple-digit. Uh, so, you know, but it, it trickles down slowly. And, uh, you know, we've seen um, absolutely unbelievable since the 70s. I don't think we've seen... Uh, the lack of availability and the, and the prices that we've seen in 2021. And uh, in terms of energy, um, my prediction is it'll go higher. You know, um, I don't think we've seen the end to uh, inflated energy costs. And and as far as, it, you know, I, I don't know if we're getting into predictions yet. Ben, are we, should we, should we hold off on that? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> let's, let's hold that thought just, okay. for, just, just, for one, just for one minute, just for one minute. Um, Yes, it's obviously there's a lot more that goes on with supply and demand and how that's affecting pricing. It's not, I think when we first started doing the podcast, it really was heavily, okay, benzene went up X, the dip is going to go up X, but it's that's really hasn't been the case for a little while and continues to not be the case as supply really is impacting pricing more so than anything. Yeah, I mean, natural gas uh, prices in Europe were spiking, you know, just a couple months ago, and then we thought that was kind of curtailed, but now they're going way up again, and, and they're having uh, problems getting Russian natural gas. I mean, I, you know, energy values have been, uh, it's been a rocky road, and uh, and of course we saw energy values, of specifically WTI oil, going sky high and then it was um, it seemed like it was certainly impacted by opening the spigot on our reserves um, whether or not it had a direct impact or 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 the new um, wave of covid did i'm not really sure it could be one or the other um, benzene values you know usually they're correlated directly to to, to crude that's been broken um, propylene values even though you know crude is high it's it's actually going down uh, at this point which is a, a little surprising so um, these all of these um, direct correlations are now indirect you know they're not necessarily one equals the other as you were saying and, and it's not as well the same for chemicals because chemicals have broken that you know natural gas and benzene are certainly uh, impacting as you mentioned on a dipic and right now uh, supply and demand fundamentals are really proving to be, you know, a dip it goes into nylon polymer. Nylon polymer is expected to really kick up in the coming year. Therefore, the merchant market for a dip it is not as attractive, so they're pulling back. You know, so these things, you know, when we were more of a global um, uh, 
supply and demand fundamental company yep. that's been broken now with our uh, sort of silent war with China and uh, and 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 many other factors. Uh, so, you know, that's what we're going to be facing in the coming year. I think still there hasn't been any solution. Right. Right. Yeah, something to continue keeping an eye on. Um, I know in our projections portion of this, there'll be a lot to talk about on freight, um, but we have Joe Hassenfratz from the logistics company on to do a brief logistics uh, 2021 recap as well as a forecast from their side on what's to come in the freight world. So we'll turn it over to Joe. Good morning, Joe. How are we doing today? Very good. How you doing, Ben? Doing very well. Doing very well. Welcome uh, welcome back to the podcast, I guess we can say. Thank you. I think it's the third one, fourth one, something like that. Yeah, all blending kind of together. This year's been pretty crazy. So. Uh, absolutely. We're going to call you, start calling you a regular here. <laughs> um, but no, thank you for coming on this morning. Always great having you on, having a, a voice from the logistics industry. Obviously, we deal with it on the TCC side, but you guys are much more in the weeds and, and kind of know what's going on. Um, we try to. We try to. Try to. <laughs> as, as best as anybody can with the logistics market these days. Um, but welcome to our sort of 2021 recap, 2022 forecast episode, uh, kind of closing out the year with that. Um, I guess before we get into it, maybe if you want to just talk about TLC a little bit, introduce yourself for anyone that maybe hasn't seen the past episodes, hopefully everyone's interested in our crystal ball for next year. So this episode gets a lot of views. Yeah. Um, but for anyone that's not familiar with you know, yourself and TLC, maybe just give a little background as we get started here. Absolutely. So, uh, Joe Hausenfratz with the logistics company, sales and, uh, marketing manager. Um, we do... Um, we're a, a freight forwarder, so um, we specialize in liquid bulk, um, dry van, LTL, import-export, and uh, uh, ISO containers, multimodal um, transportation lanes. So a uh, very diverse uh, company, and um, if there's something moving out there, we typically have a way to move it. And if not, um, it's probably something that we're not, not uh, specializing in. So um, very diverse, though, and... Um, looking to uh, continue to grow those opportunities that we've seen, especially over the past two years. So Yeah, great re- resource for TCC, obviously managing a bunch of different types of logistics, whether it's totes and drums, trucks, rail cars, import, export. Uh, you know, guys are a specialty of everything, so yeah, a not, great resource. And not much we can't do. Have a, have a, the, the plus side of that is obviously you guys are in so many different types of logistics. You have kind of a good feel of what's going on in those markets and not just doing bulk trucks or just doing packaging, but... Recapping 2021, obviously a very interesting year on the logistics side specifically. I think yes. a lot of the topics were probably kind of the status quo from 2020 and probably will be a lot of them will be lingering into 2022 as well. Um, but I know there's been a, a couple core topics, you know, the ports back up, um, trucking tightness, especially with liquid bulk that we've seen on bulk liquid chemicals. Um, obviously some of these steady historic price increases both on uh, truck freight and uh, ocean freight. Um, but those are kind of the big ones. So, you know, I guess starting off with the ports, ports backup, obviously that's something we've dealt with all year and continues to be a pain point. I'm, I'm sure for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, I think in 2020 to 2021, um, we saw the, uh, the major ports, um, really get hit with, um, you know, congestion that we've never really seen before. Um, kind of showed some glaring holes in the infrastructure that, um, existed that, some were predicting could potentially happen if there wasn't some sort of uh, adjustment made. Uh, those adjustments weren't made in time, so we're now all realizing um, the, the, the crunch that is, um, you know, all of the ports right now. So um, some of the smaller ports are, are also seeing a trickle-over effect, and 
Um, I, I think everybody's trying to outsmart the system right now. <laughs> That's a good and, way to put it. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, everybody is in the same boat, literally in the same boat, yeah. waiting out at the ports uh, to have their product unloaded. So, where do you draw that line from, like a like a bigger port or a major port? So like, like when you say smaller ports, so is that like the Savannah's of the world is that still considered yeah, and even or? Savannah at this point is is considered maybe not even the smaller. Um, you know, some some down in the uh, the New Orleans area, um, and uh, you know, uh, any of the the trickle down effect of you know throughout the East Coast and West Coast. Um, the major ones, obviously, New York, L.A., Houston. Yeah. Um, you know, those are the the hot points that everybody tries to initially see if they can get their product in. But inland ports as well. You know, Chicago is a huge inland port. Um, via rail. So um, again, everybody's trying to maneuver whenever they can pivot as quickly as possible to, to yeah. get their product offloaded as, as quickly as possible. But um, it's kind of the unfortunate new norm that we're, we're up against right now. Yeah. And some of those inland ports, something I hadn't really thought about before, but that provides a unique issue too, because the port of, El, the port of Long Beach, you can have 60 tankers floating offshore. You can't exactly have 60 tankers floating in the no. Chicago River, whatever, you know, however they get inland, but there's obviously much less room for error and backups and things like that. So I'm sure that's been a whole unique supply chain problem too. Yeah, absolutely. The rail, the rail has been quite congested, uh, heading into and out of Chicago. So, yeah. Um, and that kind of brings up to the next point with the trucking tightness. Uh, I think a maybe positive byproduct of using some of these smaller ports, the mobiles and Charleston's of the world is with how tight trucking has been, you're really trying to get material into ports as close to your warehouse or end customer as possible. So trucking out of, I'm sure New York and Savannah has probably been quite the nightmare, but maybe some of these smaller ports, even though there might be less trucks available, just a less popular, or less dense area um, has hopefully been one of those avenues people can use to relieve some of this trucking tightness. Yeah. I, I think we've talked about it the past few podcasts, but um, getting the, the container as close to your end user as possible certainly gives you a leg up in trying to get that out, especially before hopefully demurge starts uh, accruing, but right. um, getting a truck in there to get it out um, usually is a little bit easier when you're saying that, you know, the end destination is only X amount of miles as opposed to, my God, how are we going to right. get it to that that destination? Yeah, certainly been an interesting topic. Um, and I'm sure people would be happy to pay a couple hundred dollars more or whatnot to go to one of these sort of secondary ports if it means you can actually get it out on time or yeah. close to on time versus, Absolutely. you know, kind of who knows how long it'll take. So. Yeah, I mean, a couple hundred bucks could be you know, one day of demerge at some of the other ports. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think something else we really saw starting in the beginning of the year and kind of throughout the year is some of these price increases on, on a lot of freight, whether it's ocean freight, truck freight, um, some of the LTL lanes, obviously you being more on the sales side versus the operation side, you're probably getting yelled at all day long by customers, you know, talking about where this price come from or, you know, why is this jumping up? But I'm sure that's something you've had to battle with all year long. Yeah. I, I think especially the first half of 2021, you know, the, <laughs> A lot of the opportunities that were presented to us um, were to see if we, A, had capacity and B, could move it within a, a competitive rate. Um, now it seems to have shifted to, <laughs> can you move it? Right. Um, you know, the, the old phrase of, oh, I used to move it for X amount of dollars. Um, I think people are realizing the, that X amount of dollars that you used to move on the same line haul is is long gone so yeah, used to yeah used to could have been a week ago a month ago a year ago those are three very different <laughs> rates that you would have seen at those absolutely. times absolutely yeah that's unfortunately we're shifting to um can we move it can we get it to our end destination and i think once people start realizing that you know hey this is moving on this rate um that's just going to have to be part of the uh the added cost to yeah. to do 
whatever you're trying to do. So you on the sales side, a lot of your customers are coming to you saying, hey, do you have capacity for this? Less about can you beat this raid or whatnot. It's it's just about who can move what. Yeah, I, I'm, or, don't or, get me wrong. Oh, if the raid... <laughs> within reason. Within yes, reason. exactly. You know, they're they're still, you know, very price conscious and, you know, we have to be very competitive in that regard. But um, just having capacity gives you such a leg up right now. So um, with our diverse carrier network, um, we usually can find solutions for our customers and um, that's, that's key to our sustained growth. Yeah. Would you say capacity throughout the year has gotten better, worse? Has it been tougher in the second half of the year versus the first half of the year? Or is it in, in certain regards, I think uh, in the liquid bulk, um, you know, I, I think we're starting to realize that, you know, what used to be um, a, a reasonable line haul for some of these uh, carriers is no longer reasonable for them. Uh, anything outside kind of the, the 250 to 300 mile range um, is now considered a long haul. Yeah. And um, they're so backed up with what was, that, what was that before? Five hundred miles, something. Yeah, like that. I, and and you know, for the right dollar amount, they they'd still entertain the offer. Now it almost seems to just be nosebleed pricing to kind of move along the request instead of saying no. They're just saying, hey, we could do it for this ridiculous amount. So, um, yeah, they have so many other um, demands locally within that two hundred fifty mile that. Um, if you're outside of that, then you're probably going to be bumped to the back of the line or, or just told outright no. Right. So that brings us to 2022, of course. Um, yeah. I saw a good meme today. It was like 2022 is just 2022. So it's you know going to be a repeat of 2020 with how bad COVID's gotten and everything else happening, a lot of shutdowns and whatnot starting to come up here the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, 2022, I'm sure will certainly be interesting. We're right here in the last two weeks of December. So I know you guys are probably talking a lot about January um, or people trying to even get load shipping in the next, I guess, before January 1, which is questionable at best yeah yeah <laughs> i think if if you don't have it on the books at this point you're, you're yeah. up against it yeah um but looking ahead to next year i'm sure you know what, what's kind of the outlook for q1 or even i guess you could kind of even separate maybe just january and february because i'm sure that'll be quite a busy time um but what's kind of your general outlook for what to see in the early half of next year yeah absolutely i think the theme is uh tempered expectations um you know at post holiday everyone thinks the trucks are all magically going to become available um again people are booking so far out in advance um or carriers don't want to book that far out in advance because they have so many requests as it is that they're kind of taking it a week at a time at this point. Um, Post-holiday certainly will alleviate some of the, the capacity crunch we're looking at, but I don't think to the point that we should see the, you know, pearly gates open up for us. Right. Um, and, you know, the, the Chinese New Year certainly will hopefully, you know, slow things down a little bit. But again, I think the ports are so congested at this point that even with those slowdowns, it's just going to continue to be, you know, an issue for the, the very near future. So yeah. um, I say tempered expectations just because I think it's a matter of trying to dig out of the hole that we're already in at this point. And I don't think there's just a, a magical pill that, you know, alleviates all of this overnight. So. Yeah. And I think you brought up a good point earlier where it's, you know, I used to pay this or I used to get that. And that's the, the market is changing so quickly just because you used to get a truck in five days and now it's taking you 12 days. That's just kind of the market. That's kind yeah. of where things are at. It's not, hey, the, you know, this one week, it's all of a sudden bad. It's just kind of the way that the market's gone. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll keep getting worse. Maybe it'll start to get better at some point. But that's, I think that's a good way to put it with the tempered expectations. Yeah. That's just, you, you got to understand there's going to be delays and things happening and everyone's trying to do their best. It's just such a, such a shortage it's the market we're in absolutely i think 2020 and 2021 um, we were already dealing with a major driver shortage as it is um, we're starting to see that you know that average age of 55 
isn't coming down. Yeah. And when we talk about individuals that, you know, due to 2020 and 2021 not coming back into the workforce, there's a sizable chunk that's that 60 to 70 age range that of those drivers that are just not coming back. So they were into early retirement as a result of all of this, and we're just never going to see those again. So um, that that on top of it just kind of compounds the issue. Yeah. And we talked a little bit before we started recording about kind of plans for next year, what people can do. And we kind of talked about this idea of sort of getting creative, whether it's looking at totes, which might have a little bit better availability than tr trucks, uh, short-term on-site storage, potentially looking at rail or intermodal if you haven't in the past. Yep. Um, I'm sure that's something you guys are trying to preach to customers. And Absolutely. A big benefit to using TLC is you guys have your hands in all these different types of uh, logistics. But I'm sure getting creative is going to be a big part of your pitch for on the sales side for next year with yeah. trying to temper I mean, expectations and, and you know get stuff moved get material to customers that's obviously the end game absolutely uh, i mean from a shipping standpoint you know being able to utilize an iso tank and move that multimodally instead of um just hoping that a, a liquid tank truck will uh kind of solve all your issues um people are going to have to start getting creative and i think that also comes down to the end customer as well um so often you know especially pre-covid we saw hey we need this truck enabled with this um, hose or center load and rear load. And I think you're going to have to start seeing some some companies either adjust those expectations or look at their infrastructure themselves to yeah. say, hey, why do we need that? Can Is there something that we can adjust on our side to allow for greater capacity for their demands? Um, is Make, there something Making your freight more appealing, I think we talked about, right? Amen. Yeah, I, I think that's really what it is. and uh, I, Or just allow your um, your end user to get that product, right. you know, and, and I think that's, that's really what it comes down to. Well, we'll certainly see what, uh, what 2022 has to bring. I'm yeah. Sure it's going to be an interesting, uh, especially January and first quarter. Um, excited to start getting back to some of these regular trade shows, getting out yeah. talking to people, seeing what's going on in the market, hopefully have a more normal calendar year of trade shows and events, um, which I'm sure I'll be able to see TLC at, um, you know, for the springtime. So looking forward to getting back out, seeing people and seeing what happens for Q1. Yeah. I mean, We'll see what uh, variants come up that might hopefully not stifle that, stifle that but, yeah. you know, it, it seems to be um, kind of the, the current environment we're dealing with. So yeah. um, we'll be out there. We'll be um, present at a lot of those trade shows and looking forward to meet with people face-to-face -face again and, um, you know, building our network. So. Yeah. Well, Joe, thank you again for coming on. Uh, I'm excited to have you on for a couple more episodes in 2022. We'll see Ooh. how correct some of our projections were and, uh, if any customers or accounts are taking advantage of some of these creative supply chain solutions. So looking forward to hearing what you have to say come uh, come Q1 to see what the market looks like. But appreciate having you on, and uh, you know we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great, Ben. Thanks so much. Thanks, Joe. All right, moving on. This is the fun part of the episode where we all get to pull out our crystal balls that I know you guys all keep <laughs> in your pocket and uh, make some very accurate projections for next year. Um, no, it's tough to predict the future. It's tough to predict what's to come, but I think there is some writing on the walls uh, for what's to come and what we're going to see. I know we started talking about a little bit just in the prior section, um, but some some obvious things I think coming up that we can take a look at for next year. I know one of the big things stemming off the freight side is that Q1 supply is going to be extremely difficult. We're already seeing a lot of issues with trucking and freight, and I think the first half of January uh, or all of January and the first half of February will be especially limited. We were just talking on our office meeting the other day about people trying to get material right after the new year so they don't have it for the year-end inventories, but there's going to be a big bottleneck or bigger than what there currently is on the, you know, especially on the trucking side coming in right after the new year. I feel like I've been talking a lot. But. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, you know, um, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's one of the problems we're going to be facing. I mean, it's a, let's start with automotive. We haven't had uh, much of an automotive industry in 2021 because of the uh, chips and, and motherboards and things like that. And, um, you know, you go by any auto dealer, there's zero inventory there. So we're expecting automotive to really start to pick up in the beginning of 2022. Um and with freight already being probably the most exasperated problem that we're dealing with right now um, and getting worse, with that added demand, I think that we could be uh, looking at further impacts on especially liquid bulk. Um, as, as, as Nicole mentioned earlier, dry bulk isn't as bad. We're keeping our customers supplied with totes and drums where we can't get liquid bulk to go outside of 500 miles. Um, the problem is, is the electronic logging devices and the electronic logging mandates and the lack of drivers means that trucking companies are calling the shots yep. and they're saying, hey, when it comes to a tank truck that we want to move from Newark to Houston, we don't want that business yep. because we can turn that truck over within a 500 mile radius, you know, every single day. Make more money quicker. Make more money. And, you know, and so... Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be something that uh, once we've seen, um, you know, a slowdown in demand, um, both for um, maybe accounting principles at year end, but also um, because other raw materials weren't available and they're expecting to get better supply of other raw materials and then need our raw materials in the new year. Yep. Um, so there's always that quiet period coming to year end and it's been a real quiet period um, just in the last couple of weeks and people taking vacation because they haven't taken vacation for this whole year because of COVID. So they had to take a lot of vacation. So I think that, yeah, we're going to see uh, everybody screaming <laughs> in January for product and they're not going to be able to get it if it's a long freight haul. So, yeah. you know, they, what we offer as a distribution company by giving solutions to people that need raw materials uh, when it comes to uh, different types of products and and package goods and different packaging and getting them a product that I think will be invaluable. Yeah, and I know Javi, your quieter period was more so in November because people don't want to buy for December. But I'm sure you've been busy this month with people trying to plan for January. How's yeah. the How's the outlook for Q1? Yeah, no, no, November usually is quiet for me because of inventory inventory thing, uh, the the accounting principles. But January is picking up. Uh, December is is, is being busy. Yeah. It's been busy. People are, are are gearing up for January and February. So I'm seeing a, a, an uptick on, on on business for well, sure. More so than what was in Q4. Or was it that like a normal normal January? You no, think it's busier than uh, abnor abnormal. Yeah, abnormal. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of customers that we talk to still have very low inventories of their finished goods. So it's going to take a while to get to get caught up. And, um, you know, it's going to I think things are going to be real strong in uh, in Q1 of uh, of 2022. And, an and another thing that they're planning is, is, is planning around uh, for China shipments around the Chinese New Year. We have to. And, and the Olympics. And the Olympics. Double, so. double whammy. <laughs> double whammy. So, it's going to yeah. get messy. It's yeah. going to get messy. So we're planning around that. So because there's going to be, uh, there are going to be two, two, two periods of, of non-working plans. Yeah, probably a good three, four weeks, like back-to-back -back between yeah. the New Year and, co and uh, the Olympics. So that'll For be, sure. That'll be interesting. Um, looking ahead to next year, I think there's going to be a lot of price uncertainty, something we've talked about a little bit. I know the Fed just announced increasing rates so that may impact demand on 
houses, new houses, used houses, or used houses, <laughs> existing, existing houses. Um, you know, I think Q1 will probably keep pricing relatively high for in general, just because supply will be limited and freight continues to be expensive and just a matter to see what happens in Q2 or Q3 if things might uh, improve a little bit on the price side or if things are going to remain tight and, and expensive. Um, what do you guys think on the price front? What are you guys seeing for pricing at least coming into Q1? Well, we saw that stat that the, the U.S. is, what, 6 million homes short net or yeah. something like yeah. that? Like, that's that like that demand. Like, even with higher interest rates, like, you think that the, the, the housing demand or the demand for building materials is still going to still gonna remain for a while until that gets closer to, you know, even. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I've told everyone I've stopped making predictions <laughs> <laughs> how wrong I've been the last year and a half. But, um, you know, we will see. Yeah, I think... Uh... Yeah, the, the the housing thing is interesting. That I was really shocked because they announced that you know they're going to increase the rates three to four times, right, in twenty twenty two, and the stock market liked that. You know, um, I think it's um, and they're also going to roll back a lot of the programs, the benefits that you know came with COVID, and yep. and I think that you know the economy is is flourishing. You know, there's a lot of demand and and a lot of uncertainty in supply. Um, but the problem is that we've got a growing population, although it didn't grow as much last year. We've still got a very much a, a young population that's coming up that's going to need housing and, um, and cars and, and, and major goods and things like that. And with such low inventories, it's going to take a long time to catch up. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, so, uh, you know, in terms of predictions, um, higher prices but you know uh, and higher interest rates but right now interest rates are so low it's it's free money and that's had its own sort of dynamic you know like if you look at our chemical industry the mergers and acquiring of things is out of control yep. you know name the price um, uh, everybody's getting rolled up everybody's buying doesn't matter the price because interest rates are or the cost of money is so low so uh, there's a lot of impacts that higher interest rates will have but you know you're talking a quarter point you know maybe times three you know three quarters of a point which is still crazy low it's still, it's still crazy right? low yeah, i mean you know i mean my first mortgage was at nine percent and that was only in 2000 you know so that's only 20 yeah. 21 years ago but and now we're down at you know what are you getting for interest rates and two six five, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's that's free that, money that, that, you know what wild. I mean and, and Latin America is double digits like thirteen fourteen percent right now yeah right now is that higher or lower than it has been or is that it's kind of, it's lower yeah. it's usually eighteen really yeah Man. wow yeah I was talking to my dad the other day he's like credit card how much do you pay for the credit card he's like he's like yeah thirty one I'm like that's thirty one percent that's low. Wow, <laughs> that's a low rate. Yeah, so so like free money. Free the U.S. has free money. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a wild thing, you know. And then, yeah. you know, he, he compared to our neighbors down south. That's 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 wild. Yeah. You know, I I didn't know that, but it's uh, yeah, it's free money. It's uh, and that's been holding up the economy for quite a long time. So I, you know, hopefully they won't raise it up too much where we have, you know, major impacts, but they're using it to, to, to battle inflation. And, uh, I think rather than raise interest rates, they should do something about the trucking issue about the, you know, we did pass the, the infrastructure bill that should help, you know, we need better roads and bridges and trains and, and tracks and things like that. But 
really we need we need something right now. We need something to help right now. And and honestly, the only thing that I can think of is to revise the policies for uh, people that from Mexico, uh, Guatemala, El Salvador, et cetera, that were the backbone of our trucking industry to maybe come in and help us. Yeah. You know, if you want to come and help with the supply chain and you're from a foreign country, give a temporary visa. You know, certainly do the background checks, certainly do the protocols that we need to keep safe. But things need to happen right now and in order to prevent a disaster, you know. So, you know, and I'm kind of disappointed that that's not being, you know, and I'm sure it's being discussed, but there's such yeah. pushback about, you know, anything that has to do with border control. So how it looks in the politics. That's the, the only thing that I could personally come up yeah. with as a, as a potential solution, you know, because uh, young kids want to play video games and, 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 you know, go on social media and they don't want to drive trucks. Well, and you know, didn't we hear too that if you're under the age of 21, you can't cross state line. You have to, you're only allowed. That's something that could be like, I mean, I know a lot of very responsible 18 year olds okay. that could, you know, and, and, and the roads need to be safe. I get that. But right. But if, you, but if you, you can know. drive within your state, why can't you? Yeah. Crossing a lot. It, I mean, if anything, sure it should reason, be, but. and you might be right, but I mean, it's like anything else, you know, if maybe make a, a certain radius that they want you to stick within, or you have to have yeah. X amount of hours or just something. Yeah. Um, Stop because... testing for marijuana. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you can't drive a truck if you smoke pot a month ago. Like, stop that. You know, like, I mean, there's things that can be done right now, you know, to help this situation. And it's just not being really addressed. It's not being, even though I'm sure it's being screamed at, you know, governors and, and, and senators and, and presidents and all that sort of stuff. But there's nothing being done. Yeah. And uh, it's just shocking to me. Yeah. The... uh Again, I think looking ahead for next year, the importing and exporting will continue to be a question. Trucking will continue to be a, a problem, especially in and around some of these big ports. We had just talked with uh, Joe about the kind of major ports and some of these secondary ports that have been a little bit more popular as trying to get material closer to uh, the actual end customer or the warehouse as possible. So some of these secondary ports have been a little bit more popular. I think importing and exporting will still be a big concern and, and question mark with some of the port delays. Uh, with the China tariff staying in place, seeing how that impacts the U.S., seeing how that impacts Mexico and Latin America, and that'll continue to be, a, I'm sure, a big competitive avenue. Mm -hmm. um, seems like the overall note, though, is just port delays are going to be here. They're, they're going to happen. If something used to take eight weeks, nine weeks to get here, it's now going to take 10 weeks, 11 weeks, 12 weeks. It just kind of is what it is, and that's what people should be planning for. Um, I know we talk a lot about you know bringing in the dicey or other raw materials and you know if it used to be eight weeks door to door to a customer it's now 10 weeks or 12 weeks and that's just is what it is yeah and we've been telling people that for a long time now and you know i don't expect that change based on what the guys at tlc are telling us and other other you know freight partners and supply partners and you yeah. know so just plan on long lead times yeah. <laughs> for the foreseeable future yeah one of the one of the big main things we've seen you know the, the hangover from all these problems is is you know we Look at shore tanks. The, the price of that has doubled and tripled. You know, this is something that's going to continue to affect costs in general. You know, um, domestic producers, there's not enough of them to keep up with demand, uh, our own demand domestically in, in most cases. So there is, you know, a reason that we have to import uh, a lot of different goods. And the cost of ISOs has increased. The cost of trucking has increased. There, I think that's the worst right now is... Uh, drayage out of the ports. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to touch it because, again, electronic logging mandates. You show up at a, a at a port and you sit there for three hours. 
that's three hours out of your day, yep. you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so they've seen a further demand on, um, tankage, you know, um, people need more tankage needs storage, more local storage, you know, Midwest, uh, on the, on the, on the oceans and things like that. The price of that has gone up tremendously. Yeah. Um, rail cars, you know, again, cost of that has gone up delays. There's more rails, rail cars on the track. So yeah, so I think that 2022 is going to be the hangover from, yeah. the, <laughs> from the, uh, from the, from what we've seen the last couple of years. And, and, and a lot of these things that we've been talking about, we will continue to talk about. Kind of on both the import and export front, as well as the price uncertainty point, um, Nicole, with the package plasticizers, have you had pushback on people with where package pricing is at, or are people just appreciated to get material? Or what, what have you seen on that front? So I think it, it's been, uh, we've seen a couple of things. When customers who typically buy bulk can't get bulk, and they're, so they're, they're looking at packaged alternatives, I think that they're a little surprised that they can't get the same bulk pricing <laughs> for packaged materials. So that's people, what, that, people that haven't bought totes in the past and don't understand the price differences. And yeah, and I mean, it's it, it, just to say, you have, you know, the packaging itself and then the cost to put the material from the, you know, bulk truck into the totes, into the drums, whatever it may be, yeah. um, there's all costs associated with that. So I think that's kind of where they're a little like sticker shocked at first, but we usually have a lot of customers that come back and say, hey, you know what, that is a great option because otherwise it's going to cost me more if I have to do a plant shutdown or if I can't get, you know, all these raw materials in that I need. Yeah. And I think they weigh the balances and say, okay, it's not going to change, but it's good to know that option's there. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely opened opened a lot of eyes of, of people but you I know the initial pushback isn't isn't as bad once they realize that that's sometimes their only option yeah but a great value add for tcc and something a lot of i think a lot of our customers and everyone should be taking a look at is just kind of getting creative with their supply chains whether that's looking at totes for the first time even if you got to pay a little bit more um have some totes on the on the floor for backup inventory look at short-term storage just kind of get creative with their supply chains it's you kind of have to adapt and move with the times and that's just kind of how we're how we're looking at supply definitely um, one thing we've all been working on and talking a lot about here is is hiring is jobs is careers looking for people um, qualified people people that are friendly and and talented and qualified for some of these sales or customer service or finance roles we're obviously working on hiring currently for uh, pretty much all roles here at our office in, in Jamestown Rhode Island but I know we're hearing from a lot of customers that keeping people on the floor, um, hiring, hiring for new positions, um, having people available in the event of someone going out with COVID or sicknesses or maternity leave or whatever the case might be. But hiring and, and getting people on the floor seems like it's continued to be a big concern. Yeah, I think it's challenging across the board, whether it's manufacturing or distribution or really any industry you talk to, you know, hiring's a, a problem, which is funny because you know unemployment numbers seem to still be pretty high yeah. you know mm -hmm. so there, there are bodies to fill those positions hypothetically but they're not uh i don't know there's some there's something not not connecting there yeah well and i think too a lot of it has to do with people got so used to either being able to work remote and that's not the case for all all industries now you know everyone wants to be uh, the majority of people like to be that face-to-face -face interaction you know and as ben mentioned like we're we're always looking for, you know, active go-getter personalities who, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. Actually, I do kind of know about you guys. <laughs> but, you know, when we were sitting at home for that, you know, brief period, it was not the same environment. Like, we thrive 
being around other people and especially other people we like. So um, I think that has been challenging where, you know, some people, which is totally fine, but they want to be in their home environment and, you know, their their day-to-day life and activity. So I think that's going to be a challenge as well because a lot of companies are asking, oh, no, we're going to bring you back to the office now. So people are going, whoa, what do we do? do? Um, But yeah, just definitely putting a big emphasis on, uh, you know, getting good people to, you know, surround and grow the team with. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the spring to making a push with hiring and especially looking at some local universities and talking to juniors and seniors in college and seeing, you know, what other companies are doing to try to attract talent and what some of these students are saying or looking for what they want out of a, a career or workplace i think it's going to be interesting come springtime to, to make that push and see what people are saying yeah we've been very lucky you know we haven't we haven't really lost anyone uh, knock on wood but um you know i think who wouldn't want this job you know i, I don't know i enjoy chemical sales i enjoy what i do i, I you know it's a it's, it's challenging at times but it's you know it's also very rewarding and uh you know i think we're all people per, people persons and uh you know we we enjoy dealing with people we love creating solutions for people and getting them supply and i think you know we've been fortunate in customer service and logistics that we've been able to fill out roles that we've needed there you know we've got a great sustainability team we've got a great sales team we've got a nice mix of uh commissioned agents and and salaried um sales managers so personally we've been lucky but we're gonna we're gonna continue to grow our sales uh, team with uh, the mergers and acquisitions in our industry that, that you know we feel that there's an opportunity to grow. Uh, I think we will grow um, with our producing partners. That's the easiest way to grow to keep them happy to grow uh, in their you know uh, portfolio of chemicals and, and a focus on anything from commodity to specialty. I think we really do a good job uh, at all of the above and I think that with the mergers and acquisitions, it's given us an opportunity to shine, uh, to show that we can uh, really deliver uh, when it comes to all of these impacts that we've seen, whether it's been disease or logistics or whatever, we've been able to really, you know, have an impact on the supply chain. And, and being a small-ish company, we're nimble, we can change. Um, but yeah, we're going to be hiring in sales um, because, you know, we're we're going into a, a mode where if we're going to grow, we're going to need new salespeople. Um, and, uh, and I think to, to, to Nicole's point that the work from home thing was, was, in my opinion, it was for the most part a failure. You know, I was talking to one of our sales guys and he says, you know, I golf every day with my son. He's working from home. <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, and then. You know, I hate to say it, but I've got friends and family that say, you know, they come into town and they're at my house or whatever, and they're supposed to be working and they're not, you yeah. know? So it's like, I think that has an impact, you know, after a while, it certainly has an impact on businesses and it's not fair, you know, it's not fair to the, for people to act that way, you know? So, um, but people are scared and I think that media has created that. We, 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 we don't necessarily need to be scared we need to be cautious and we you know we need to have certain protocols in place we're still masking we're still doing things that you know are logical in terms of fighting a, a pandemic but uh we need to get back out there you know we need to uh we're 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 a people industry and uh we need to get back with people so we can help them to create solutions in these tough times well and speaking of getting back out there we're last but 
you know, not least on this list of our thoughts and projections for next year is the, the trade show piece. Um, I know we got back to some shows in the second half of 2021 with the AFPM, some of the Chemicals America shows. I know you guys were down at the Fertilizer show. Um, all, I think, would be considered a success given the circumstances. Um, but excited to get back out. I think everyone at this table will vouch for the fact that they're excited to get back out, get to some of these trade shows and conferences, get back to sort of a normal trade show schedule with the normal AFPM timing, the EPCA, the APLA, the American Coding Show, which this year falls on, um, the Chemicals America shows, and get back out to some sort of normal cadence of traveling and shows. And I know I'm excited. I'm sure you're excited for it too. I am, yeah. 2021, I mean, we did a decent amount of shows, and although the numbers were off, I thought that they were all, like you said, successes. It was just great to get out and see folks and, you yeah. know, had some really good conversations at, at all the shows. So even though that they were the numbers were off, I think that, you know, most people would consider them to be a success. Yeah, very much so. Well, especially you got that quality versus the quantity mm-hmm. aspect of it, where, you know, it was the quality of the conversations and the relationships that you were building because you were out there and there wasn't as many people. So then you can really kick that into gear this year. And you know, continue to to grow those relationships and well, I hate to sh- I hate to throw shade on this one, but <laughs> I, I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, oh, don't say that. I really don't. <laughs> I mean, I was at our our favorite sushi restaurant last night. Um, y'all know who I'm talking about, and because uh, we go there often, and it was empty. And she said it's been absolutely empty the last couple of weeks because once again, the media and the circus that's going on is scaring people and. We've heard shows that are already being questioned and, you know, the vaccine, we're supposed to have a vaccine to not get sick. Well, we're getting sick with the vaccine. So, and the variant are finding ways around. You know, I hate to be Debbie Downer, man, but like, I I just... Devil's advocate. You got to play both sides. I mean, we have, you know, if... It's going to be interesting. It's interesting to see like travel sitting all time back to record highs and all that sort of stuff, yet people aren't going to eat sushi on a Tuesday night or whatever. It's like, yeah. you know, where, where are we going, you know? And, 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 and from, from the beginning, what I've, what I've said is that there needs to be a treatment for COVID. And, and hopefully that's coming. The vaccine has been a success in, in keeping people from dying, but it has not been a success in keeping the virus from spreading. Yeah. And let's be realistic about that. It's not, it, it's not the magic potion that they presented it was going to be it's not it's it's you know so there's got to be a shift in how we manage this pandemic and i think treatment hopefully will be uh that shift and testing and things like that but uh it's going to be with us for for 2022 and beyond yeah i think hopefully we get back to some of these in-person shows sooner rather than later i think regardless of when that happens, some of these virtual meetings and Zoom calls and things like that are going to be part of the workflow more so than we're pre-COVID, you know, whether it's meeting with customers in Mexico in between traveling down there more frequently or getting together with our sales team that are in the field more more frequently, something that we hadn't really done in the past. It kind of expedited that. So we're going to, I think, still be spending more time on Zoom and go to even if it's 10% more than normal, but that's, that's something I, I, I think even around. beyond that, it just adds value to distribution. Yeah. You know, you need to have a regional partner for distribution of your products and being, you know, global manufacturers that were, we're regional to South America and North America, you know, utilize us as a resource, yeah. you know, in these times, in these difficult times. So I think, you know, I think we're still going to have tools that'll help us somewhat get together as humans, but you know, will there be an EPCA in October? 
We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. You know, we'll see. Maybe it'll be in the summer because it seems more and more that this is a seasonal problem. You know, you're seeing the southern hemisphere right now. COVID rates are way down. People are outside. They're not indoors. They're, it's, it's, it's hot. It's, yeah. you know, that sort of stuff. So maybe it'll be more seasonal for shows because we saw big numbers of shows this summer uh, sort of dwindling, you know, in October and now through uh, Christmas and 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 so hopefully things will get back to normal. I'm I'm not you know totally sure, but you know we'll see. We'll see. Any final thoughts, projections, comments for next year? Done with the projections. Like <laughs> <I said. laughs> Sorry, we're good. Um, no, I think you know one of our longer episodes, but I think a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, a lot happened this year, and a lot to pay attention next year. I think we'll have plenty of podcast content coming up uh, in Q1 at least for sure. Um, so appreciate you guys taking some time this morning. Uh, appreciate everyone for listening, obviously, both for this specific episode as well as hopefully some episodes in the past. If this was your first podcast episode, we appreciate listening and hope you'll follow along next year. Um, but appreciate all your guys' time you know, today and this year coming on the podcast and chatting and uh, looking forward to continuing it and growing it next year and seeing what 2022 has to come. Yeah, I think on behalf of everybody here at The Chemical Company, we wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a happy and healthy New Year. Absolutely. Definitely. Feliz Navidad. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for sticking with us and, and we look forward to working with you in the future. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Thanks everybody. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Thanks, guys.